Hey everyone, welcome to Evolving with Ben, a podcast that is dedicated and focused on helping you stay inspired and motivated to continue to evolve and live with confidence and bring your authentic self to the workplace and your personal life. I am your podcast host, Ben Cardenas, and Evolving with Ben creates a platform for people to feel inspired and motivated to share their stories and help inspire others. You see, I believe that we all have incredible stories, and it's my goal to inspire you to continue to evolve and encourage you to share your stories so that you can help inspire other people around you. Share your journey and how you have overcome your obstacles and how you continue to evolve personally and professionally. We all have incredible stories, folks, and I welcome you and I to my show as well as your stories. Anything goes because we all need a little inspiration and motivation. So in this episode, I want to focus on a very important topic of community outreach and involvement. Getting involved with the community is important because it creates opportunities to give back to a good cause. And most importantly, it's an opportunity to create valuable change that can lead to inclusion and also mutual respect amongst the different community folks. It's also an opportunity to inform or educate communities on important topics such as inclusion, women's rights, LGBTQIA rights, which are near and dear to me. And it's also an opportunity to just support marginalized groups and folks, the list goes on and on. Keep in mind that everything in your community directly affects you, your family and your friends within that community. And getting involved to helping to improve those challenging areas within your community will only be good for you, but also good for the entire area. And from a personal development standpoint, getting involved with the community can help you develop skills and enhance some of your talents. It can give you a way to help others. You can make new friends, meet your neighbors, or strengthen your professional network. It can also open doors for professional or career advancement uh, opportunities or even support your higher education uh, journey if that's something that you're striving for. So to engage in this topic further with me, I have a special guest today. Joining me on this episode is Jeff Gregory. Jeff is the owner of Realty Executive Success with offices in Shorewood and Yorkville, Illinois. He's the president of Joliet Pride Network, He served six times as a chairman of the board of Midwest Real Estate Data and has been very active for approximately 20 years, folks, in the real estate industry. Jeff has served in a number of volunteer capacities and local, state, and national real estate organizations, and he's most passionate about his work with Joliet Pride Network, an organization that's approximately two and a half years old. Jeff, welcome to Evolving with Ben. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so excited to be here with you and Winter, your co-host. Yes. You know what? We cannot leave Winter out because clearly she wants the attention and she wants to be part of the episode today. If you hear howling, it's either Winter or me challenging one of your questions. <laughs> Just so everybody listening gets the ground rules, right? I think that's fair. You know what? I think ground rules are important to lay them out before we even go any further in this conversation. <laughs> and you know what? I have to say that I am also enjoying the cocktails that we are having. Um, I tend to always have a, a glass of wine when I record episodes, but today we're having uh, Trulies, right? In the spirit of summer? I think you need to be honest with your listeners. When he says he has a drink, <laughs> I think this might be drink number three. So you better be good and relaxed now after three of those. I, I'm feeling good. I am. I am. I, I really am. And it helps take the edge off. And, you know, it, it just keeps the summer mood going for me because, you know, I'm just all about the heat in the summertime. I don't want to let go. So I'm down for this truly that I'm sipping on. <laughs> well, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for giving me the platform and the opportunity. And what you're doing is great, right? This is listening to your intro. It's so inspiring that people take the time, that you're taking the time to do this. And if you change the life of one person, it's made it worth it, right? Thank you, Jeff. I, you know what, that means a lot to me, and that's really the goal here. You know, I, 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 when I first started this uh, podcast journey about two years ago, I wanted to take over the world, and it took me some time, two years, and and you know what, I still try to adjust to it. That sometimes it's only making a difference in one person's life that matters, 
And that really is a goal, just to inspire folks, like I said, to share their stories, share their journeys, because as I said, everyone has an incredible story. I don't care who you are, where you come from, you have a story to, to share and you should share it because it will make a difference in someone's life. So I, I appreciate your kind words. And I am very excited to have you here because we get to talk about uh, community outreach. And I know this is something that's near and dear to you as well, right? It is, it is. So in the intro, folks, I mentioned that Jeff is the president of uh, Julia Pride Network. Uh, and so, Jeff, before we talk a little bit about Joliet Pride, can you share with us a little bit more about you? Um, maybe talk about why is community outreach so important to you uh, and some of the other different organizations that you're a part of? I appreciate that question. And, you know, thinking about it, I grew up in a blue collar household family that we had some financial struggles at times and other times life was good. But I look back and I, and I think about my hardworking parents. Uh, one is my mom is retired, my dad is deceased, but I think about how they could have made a difference in the community, right? And, and it's hard. You know, sometimes you know, people are in a situation where they're raising some kids, you know, work doesn't pay them what they're worth, mm -hmm. and it's just hard for them to figure out a way to be engaged in the community at a level that they might want to be, right? And so mm -hmm. I look back at my parents, I can't think I can't think of any involvement that perhaps they had in any type of organization, you know, community-based. Um, but it isn't because I don't think, you know, obviously they're good people. Yeah. It's just they don't know how to get involved. They don't have the time to get involved. They perhaps don't have the financial means to be able to get involved. You know, when I was a little kid, like, you can only imagine the combat pay that babysitters would have charged to watch me, right? So, but there are a lot of barriers, and, and we talk about that. But what, what got me involved was really in high school. A good friend of mine was involved in so many clubs in high school, and, and she's actually uh, one of my dearest friends and is a realtor in Indianapolis. And I asked her, I'm like, Rachel, why are you always in all these clubs, and, and why do you do these things? And she said at first, you know, it looks good on a college resume, mm -hmm. right? But second of all, it's just a way to meet new people and network. And yeah. so a lot of the groups were with other high schools in our community. And so you're meeting people that you've never come into contact with. I didn't play sports, so this was my way of meeting people from other you know, parts of the city, right? So it was a way to network and a way to just you know meet new people, make new friends, <clears throat> and uh, be with people that have like a shared outlook, mm -hmm. shared understanding on things that are important mm -hmm. to you that are common. This was 1980s in central Indiana, so a gay group was out of the question, mm -hmm. right? So there was nothing like that. But when you look at high school age kids then, there were a lot of things we had in common, right? A lot of us were involved with speech or theater or debate. So even though there weren't any gay groups to be a part of, mm -hmm. I mean, there were a lot of us that you look back now that are a part of the community that were in those groups. So we did have a little way to network, but you didn't really talk about it, right? Yeah. So you just, you enjoyed the other things you had in common. And so fast forward more years than I care to count and you see a need in a community and you have some friends and we all say, hey, you know what, let's let's do this and let's see if it can make a difference. And as you mentioned in, in the very generous intro, we're only two and a half years old at Joliet Pride Network, so we're still really new as a not-for-profit, okay. right? So we're, we're having some growing pains. We're trying to figure out what we want to be when we grow up, okay. right? But we work hard and we have, we're surrounded by people who care, uh, not just members of the community, also allies, which I think is extremely important because if you get others to agree with what you're doing who aren't directly affected by your efforts, right, they, they're not in it for them. They're in it for everyone. Yeah. And so those, those are the things that are important to me. And as I look back, you know, I wish I could go back and tell, you know, 30 years ago my parents, hey, it's okay. You know what? If you, if you need to leave me alone at night, go join a community group. Go make a difference. And if we all could turn back the time in our lives, right? Sure. But we yeah. do the best we can, and that's what we try to do with Joliet Pride Network and the other groups that I'm in. So yeah. I'm excited for this exposure. Maybe somebody listening will want to get involved with us or write us a check, which we take both. We take Absolutely. hours. We take volunteer hours. We take money. We take both. No, that's fantastic, Jeff. Thank you so much. And I can obviously hear the passion in your voice uh, as you even take us back to your childhood and just where that passion started, right? Watching your parents. Um, and you know what? I want to touch a little bit on the networking piece. And I'm all about networking. I think networking is so important. And 
when I think about volunteer work, <clears throat> and obviously I'll mention this, Jeff, I met you through Julia Pride, right? Through uh, just events and, and meeting um, uh, like-minded folks through, through the community. And I always think about your circle of influence. And when you get involved and you volunteer, you interact and you connect with people that are like-minded, people that share similar values and passions as you. And those are the people that you want to surround yourself with because they become part of your influence. Um, I was telling my brother not so long ago that it's so important to protect your circle of influence, but it's also important to expand that circle of influence and that there's nothing wrong with inviting the right people into that circle. And so when you're thinking about that, one good way to find people that align to your values and your passions is to get involved because when you're involved in community, you're doing it because you have genuine passion, because you truly care. You're not doing it for the money. You're not doing it for fame. You're doing it because there's a purpose behind that. And, you know, I just, I very much admire that and respect that because, you know, it takes a, a special kind of person to truly get involved in community outreach. Wouldn't you agree? It's certainly, certainly not for the thin-skinned person, yeah. right? Because... For, for some of the things that you've said, right? You do want to be around like-minded individuals. I will throw out there, however, I think it's important for a group, new or old, mm -hmm. I think it's important to have people who you don't typically align with. So mm -hmm. one of our board members is very much opposite my views when it comes to most political issues. Sure. But what she and I share is an understanding that organizations and our organization and the rights that we stand up for are human rights. So it doesn't matter our views on anything else. Right. You know, when we do work for Joliet Pride Network, all that matters is us accomplishing our mission. Right. And I don't judge her for her beliefs on other things. And I, I, I know that she doesn't judge me for my beliefs on other things. We have a mutual respect for each other. And I guess what I see in a lot of organizations is a deterioration of that respect for people who have different views. And that's, yep. I think that's really sad, right? I mean, my... I have a passion for politics as well and, and critiquing public speakers. And sure. it's amazing to me how many people can't critique objectively something or someone that they believe in, right? right. So a supporter of President Obama couldn't say two or three things that perhaps he failed to do in an office. The same thing with President Biden. The same thing with President Trump. When I ask some of my liberal friends, you know, give me two or three things that he did when he was in office that yeah. were good. And oh, he didn't do anything good. That's not that's not fair. It's not right. right. Right? There are there are a number of things that people right. do. So I think it's important, especially in a fledgling organization like ours, to look beyond your typical audience. Yep. Because I, what I what we have seen in our group is when you reach beyond your predictable audience, you can meet a lot of people who identify with your mission. Again, maybe they don't agree with you on a lot of other issues, but I don't I don't care so much as that. My job is not. I, I can't make the world a better place in every instance, right? right? I just want to make a difference in our nearby community with people in our community and, and find allies and find people who respect them and support them and can make their lives better, right? Absolutely. And, I, and I don't care who they voted for for president or who they voted for for, for governor. None of those things matter to me. Sure. What matters to me is their commitment to being humane in their treatment of other people. Right. You know, you said a lot of things there that hit home, um, but one of the things that I want to comment on is mutual respect is what you said. And I firmly believe that it is so important to network, but with that mutual respect understanding. Um, you touched on aligning with people that have different values or support different political figures, right? There's nothing wrong with that because at the end of the day, we are all human and we need to have respect for each other. And at the end of the day, if you and I don't align on the same values and we have different political views and I just write you off, then what's the good in that? I didn't learn from your point of view. You didn't have an opportunity to help inform me or educate me or vice versa. And I think that works against, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what Pride, our Joliet Pride stands for uh, inclusion, belonging, equity. And in order to really support diversity and inclusion, you have to be open to networking with people that are also not like-minded like you, that have different views, and be open to 
wanting to have a, a growth mindset, if you will, to be educated, to be informed, and to just try to understand their values and understand their points of views and their opinions, because that's the beauty of just being a human is that we're all different. I mean, can you imagine if we were all alike? I mean, how boring would life would be, right? If they were all like you, it would be more exciting <laughs> than if they were all like me. You are too kind. I think what's important to remember is, again, going back to the mission that you talked about, what, what, what are you trying to accomplish? If it's inclusion, if it's tolerance, if it's acceptance, but mm -hmm. we have been judged, you know, the word always gets back when people talk about you, right? Yeah. We have been judged for having a number of allies on our board of directors at Joliet Pride Network, and someone has said, why on earth would you take a space away from a member of the community and replace them with an ally? And I guess part of, it's twofold for me. I, I don't see a, an ally as not part of my community, first mm -hmm. of all. Second of all, it goes back to what you said about just getting differing viewpoints, right? Yeah. I think we know what the struggle is every day. I, as a 51-year-old gay male, I know what it's been like. I know what my experiences are. But what I don't know are people who have had different experiences. I don't know what those experiences are until they tell me, mm -hmm. until I hear what they are. And what I hear so often with people from differing backgrounds is that we've had so many of the same experiences, right? Yep. It's just just because I'm a 51-year-old gay male and someone else is a 50-year-old straight female, it doesn't mean we've led these these completely different lives, right? right? And there's a degree of privilege, and I recognize that. Mm -hmm. You know, I I've, was born white. I'm still white, right? You can't change that. <laughs> but again, and it's not about money. I think people misunderstand the, the white privilege that people talk about as something right. having to do with money. It's not that. It's that I can go in an airport security line and not have a random check mm -hmm. because of the color of my skin, right? right? I can walk into a restaurant and people don't wonder, am I going to rob you just because of the color of my skin? Right. I get pulled over for a traffic ticket. I'm not fearing for my life because right. of the color of my skin. So I can't relate in so many ways to people that also are members of the LGBTQIA community, but I, I need to meet more of them. I need to surround myself with them. Last year was, I believe, the first time my mom met a member of the trans community, right? Okay. And now when we go to shows and we see our dear friend Carrie Trade, my mom looks for her and she gets so excited to see her and That's awesome. because she knows someone and she saw her story and her performance of how you know, she was born this this adorable little little boy and made this transition in her life and is this stunning human now and living her best life and living her truth, right? Yep. And I think when you look at people in their 70s and 60s and 50s, understanding and coming to terms with the world looks a lot different than it did 30 years ago, and mm -hmm. that's a good thing. Right, right? absolutely. When, when someone talks to me about wanting to make America great again, right? Mm -hmm. Not to be political, but yep. I don't ever think that the greatness has ever been gone in the world. Forget America, in the world, yep. right? I think the world becomes greater every day, and it's that increase in respect, that increase in tolerance, that increase in understanding of people who've had experiences different than your own. And people I get are afraid of that or are afraid they're going to ask the wrong question. I recently had a member of the Illinois State House say to me, I have so many questions, but and I'm comfortable asking you those questions, mm -hmm. but I'm afraid if I would ask them to someone else, they might be offended at my level of ignorance. Yeah. And to me, if someone is in earnest asking a question yep. to, to gain an understanding, right. if we are a member of any other community have a lack of tolerance for that, then there's nothing wrong with them. There's something wrong with us. Right. Right. And I encourage all of my friends and people that I'm not even friends with, if you have a question about what's your experience and what is it like and, you know, do, do you see that you're treated different in the workplace or if you have those questions asked, also understand there, there are places, times and places, maybe to ask those questions and not to ask those questions, mm -hmm. right? Privacy, I think, is important. Absolutely. If, if you want me to be as transparent as I can, I would like it to be a conversation just between the two of us. Absolutely. And maybe all, you know, all your podcast subscribers. <laughs> but, but out in public, right? right. I mean, I, I am sensitive to people that have four- and five-year-olds who yeah. maybe say, hey, you know what, we're going to talk to them and raise them with an understanding about, you know, people who live lifestyles different than ours. Sure. But we have decided that maybe we're going to do that when they're seven and they're five. And so 
Jeff Gregory, I'm probably not going to make out with my imaginary boyfriend in the middle of a restaurant next to somebody's five-year-old, right? Because I want right. to respect them as parents and say, hey, I-, I want you to be able to have conversations that boys can love boys and boys can love girls and boys can love anybody that boys want to love. Or and so can exactly. girls. And so can people who don't fit in any of those gender types, right? Absolutely. And I don't have kids, so I can't imagine what it must be like today for parents to be able to have these conversations because when kids go to school and they learn the truth, right, right. air quotes around truth, from their six and seven-year-old friends who have learned that version of the air quote again truth right. from their parents who maybe aren't as tapped into the world as we'd like them to be, it's it's tough, right? Because, you know, kids kids don't, they're not born to hate. They, right. They're taught hate, right? Kids love everybody. They'll a two or three year old will hug everyone and kiss Absolutely. everyone, right? Yep. Until they're told, oh no, don't kiss him. He's right. weird. He's weird. Yep. You know, we don't agree with him, right? And I don't get it. I, maybe it's fear. Sure. Wow. You just touched on so many things there that I, I want to kind of go back to, Jeff. Um, first of all, fear. Yeah. It's the fear of the unknown, right? Uh, and I think that's why people ask questions because they don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And at the end of the day, as cliche as this may sound, there is no stupid question. Ask the question. But I think what's important is what you said, though, is that respect and that privacy. There is a time and a place for everything. And I also think that there is a time and a place to ask questions. Um, I've also learned that the hard way. I most recently, within the last three years, I was intimidated to ask questions um, uh, of people's preferred pronouns because I didn't want to offend someone. I thought that if I asked you, what are your preferred pronouns, I would be offending you thinking that my perception was that if I asked you that you were going to say, oh my gosh, well, do I look like this or do I look like that? But it's okay to ask, especially when it comes to pronouns, because it is a level of respect. Um, I have friends within my immediate circle uh, that don't understand non-binary, don't understand transgender. And my advice is ask. Well, I would never ask. Well, why not? If you don't ask, you're never going to know. You're never going to educate yourself. You're never going to be informed. And it really boils down to the respect, mutual respect. Because if you're going to ask a question also just to be an ignorant prick, parting my language, then oh, you're out of line. It's that kind of podcast. Oh, is, is that, that what you're telling me? I say anything goes on this podcast. I've been trying Jeff. to make my words five <laughs> letters or more for like the last 30 minutes. I didn't know we could do that. Well, this is a different show now. Anything goes here. You know what? We all need a little inspiration, Jeff, and sometimes we just got to let the passion flow. <laughs> He's on truly number five for those of you keeping score. Where's my husband? He needs to bring us more cocktails. <laughs> I, I thought there was going to be chicken involved. I came here just for the chicken. You, I, you know what? I think I'm going to send a text message to my husband who's downstairs right now, and I'm hoping he's listening to us, <laughs> to bring us chicken and a cocktail. You know what? It's You, you make such a good point about questions, right? Yeah. And, and we've been fortunate with Joliet Pride Network. You know, we work hard to put our events together. We want them to be a success. And not always is success judged by the number of people who show up. But, you know, we've been so fortunate. Our last you know, couple of events have had hundreds of people there. And I love who's there. And I, I will frequently get people that will have said, we had a drag brunch recently. And mm-hmm. probably half the crowd have said, oh, my gosh, I've never been to a drag brunch. I've never been. One, one guy said, I've never been to any brunch. He's uh-huh. like, I never knew brunch was a thing. But you know, I, I feel so guilty because people want to ask me these questions about you know, you know, what's going on at a drag brunch or whatever in the middle of an event, right? And I'm like, I love you so much, like catch me after, right? right? But they're so excited and they're so into it, and I love that, right? Yeah. And I love watching the face. I had a, a dear friend who brought her sister and brother-in-law to an event, and again. I'm not speaking politically when I say he's conservative, right? Yeah. He's a white man in his 70s and probably has been to a few brunches in his life, political brunches, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. But it was just interesting that um, you could see him processing what was going on. You could see him trying to understand the, I don't know, like, like the performance level. And, you know, here are all these people. We had seven performers at this brunch all different, all very, very different, right? And you could see him trying to process. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I'm sure he was probably told it would be all drag queens. Okay. And we had one drag king there. Mm-hmm. And we had just a guy there performing and, and, and looking very handsome, I might add, in, in his <laughs> outfits. And we had a, 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 
just a number of people there, right? And a uh, couple of transgendered performers, and and you could see him trying to process everything. Yeah. Right. And and I get it from his standpoint. Sensory overload is probably not the right way to explain it. Maybe um, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But I saw his face a couple of times. He was tipping the performers, having a great time, having some drinks. Yeah. But. I haven't gotten a chance to talk to him afterwards. I, I heard from his wife that he had, a, had a, a, an amazing time, but he would ask her questions during it. And and a couple of times she said he didn't know if it was appropriate or what, what to do or what was appropriate, right? He was afraid of offending someone. He was okay. there. He said, I feel like I'm here as a guest and I'm not exactly sure what to do. And I, what I said to her was, I said, if he asks it again, tell him to be himself and have fun. Yeah. There's, you don't walk, I don't walk into many events that I, that I have to figure out what version of me I'm going to be because this is it, right? This is the only version there is. So I, I do get on my best behavior when there are children under 12 present, right? I try to clean yeah. up the language yeah. and things. But I look at it as, you know, when there are events that have activities that you're not familiar with and kids are allowed and kids are present, their parents chose to bring them, right? So don't worry about, well, you know, what what's it like if I brought a kid here or what should I say, you know, or can't shouldn't say in front of this kid. I, I look at all the questions that people have and I think most of it revolves around how should I act or how should I behave? And to me, respectful always covers it. Yep. Right? Kind Absolutely. and respectful. If you can be kind, if you can be respectful, and if you don't know what to say, that's probably your cue to not say anything. Right. Right? Absolutely. Hard, hard sometimes. Yeah. Right? Especially if you don't understand or don't agree. Maybe you want some clarification. It's okay just to go with it. Yeah. And you can debrief with somebody. Be a somebody. silent listener. Yeah, yeah. Right? Absolutely. We don't always have to say something. No. I Listen, I'm against putting just hot air, right? Isn't that the saying? Don't just fill the room with hot air. Right. Be a silent listener. Sit in the back, observe, soak it all in, and then go home and digest it. Wait, I want you to hear Ben's wonderful husband just came in the room, and I'm going to let you guess what he brought us. <laughs> It's Ben's sixth truly. Are we really keeping count, Jeff? Clearly, <laughs> clearly one of us is. This is only my second. It's not my second. <laughs> I think what we're going to do next is an ASMR episode, which I just told Jeff what ASMR was. I had was. no idea what that was. So Are you up for it next I, time? I am. We're going to do an ASMR. It would be fun. What you just did, Jeff, let's guess what the sound is. Blindfolded. Yeah. The other person has to guess. And we'll record it. I think it'd yeah. be fun. Yeah. Thankfully, that will not be a live broadcast because I think a lot of embarrassing <laughs> answers would come out. But you know what? Here's what I love yeah. about the Joliet community, right? We are an embracing community, right? There are plenty of conservative folks living here, plenty of liberals, plenty of moderates. But what I've noticed about our community is there are so many groups. And, and part of the reason we're together today is to talk about these outreach groups. There yes. are so many groups who are so supportive of so many causes it's just amazing to me. I've never seen, I talk to a lot of friends around the country and, and no one's ever told me that they have these kind of opportunities in their community like the Joliet, Plainfield, Naperville area does. And I think we're very lucky. I think the people who are the recipients of our efforts yep. are lucky. And I and believe me, I know that they know that because we hear so many just kind words about people that we do. We have a youth drop-in center that we have every Tuesday night for kids between 12 and 20. and just a place for them to be themselves yeah and when i talk to our volunteer who who heads up that event uh, every time there's a new student that comes in to participate there are some questions they have to do an intake interview and one of the questions are have you in the past 12 months attempted suicide mm -hmm. and our first 10 attendees the answer was yes wow from all 10 kids and i'm wow. just like again not a parent and I'm like on the ver in the verge of tears when she's telling me this. Mm -hmm. And the people who train, we partner with an organization called Youth Outlook. They're absolutely amazing. Okay. They offer training to every person that steps foot in that center to engage with these young people. And her warning to us, and, and maybe warning is not the right word, maybe it's education, but her, her words to us were, it's not a matter of if you're going to lose one of the kids, it's when. Wow. Because That's people who powerful. are in this community who don't have love and acceptance at home, right and don't find it sometimes in their friend circle see no other way out and i'll tell you i was touched by a parent in new lennox and i, I asked her i said what's your passion why are you so passionate about these drop-in centers and she shared her experience and she said you know my daughter is trans 
And she said, had it not been for a group like this, she wouldn't be with us. Wow. And it was the middle of a board meeting. And like every one of us, we're just bawling babies at yeah. this point. And we're like, okay, this is why we do what we do. Right. This is why we ask people to write checks. This is why we have fundraisers. This is why we encourage our volunteers to go through all this training because sometimes you don't know if you make a difference, right? right. But when you hear stories like that, you know, here's how the only thing you'll know is sometimes the failure, right? right? And that's what's so frustrating, I think, for all of us in general, not just volunteers, but sometimes the good news you don't hear, right? right. And, and maybe it takes a 16, 17-year-old student coming through this program, maybe it takes them seven or eight years to recognize that this is what saved me. We're not going to get those stories for five or six or seven more sure. years, but I'm passionate and I believe that they're coming because I do believe when you have adults that recognize that people in this world just need love and especially young people, right? right? They need understanding, they need compassion, they need love, and they also need to know that someone's there to listen to them. Absolutely. And meet people like them, Yep. right? <clears throat> and it's just, it's just amazing work that was part of our five-year plan and through the work of Youth Outlook and Homer, uh, Homer Glenn uh, P Flag organization. We mm -hmm. sponsored, with, sponsored, or part, sorry, partnered with them, and also the Spanish Community Center in Joliet. So we have a, just a wonderful program every Tuesday night from six thirty to nine. We're just so thankful that the kids have a place to go, sure. and you know we just keep raising the money to make sure that it never gets taken away from them. Absolutely, and it's just wonderful to have that because more and more in this day and age, we have more young youth that are 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 comfortable with being who they are and they're looking for safe spaces like this because let's let's just face it right the reality is that a lot of homes are not safe spaces you know a lot of schools are still not safe spaces so with young adults and the youth being so more comfortable with being authentic they need to have places to go to and friends to rely on um to be able to you know relate and and continue to live you know it's such an eye-opener and what an what a powerful uh moment and story that you shared with us um jeff I, i'm curious you know with with just advice and um people wanting to get involved right volunteering can be a challenge and, and you shared that with us in the beginning uh just going back to your childhood right and, and with your parents what advice can you give to those who want to get involved with the community uh, or beyond, but they feel intimidated because of lack of experience or maybe even because of personal barriers? It's a great question. And I fear that no matter what we say, right, that fear at the adult level is really hard to get over, right? Mm -hmm. when, I, when I think about the things that I'm truly afraid of, I'm at the point in my life where I don't really see myself overcoming my fears. I think I just deal with them. Like I will never get on a roller coaster. It's never happening, right? <laughs> I'm never going to have a snake as a pet. Ooh, so yep, some things. Nope. So when I think about fear like this, I think the easiest way to get involved is to ask around and find, I know that every adult will have somebody in their friend circle that is a part of an organization that maybe they would have interest in. And maybe it's an animal rights group or, or people who travel across the state, you know, taking, taking animals, you know, cats, dogs, whatever, mm -hmm. and rescuing them. It's whatever your passion is, whatever your schedule would permit. But I, I think to be involved for me in a not-for-profit and to take time away from other things that I would be doing, I have to have a passion, right? Absolutely. I'm not gonna just go and, because I kinda care yeah. about something. I mean, maybe I go and check it out. And if some friends are there, and maybe it's an excuse to spend a couple of hours with friends. Maybe sure. I just kind of hang out, but I can't. I can't just be the joiner. I have to be the doer, yep. right? I have okay. to get. I have to. I don't just get kind of involved with yeah. something, right? I have to get all in, um, and I think it just depends on what that is. And and I think the other thing to recognize is it's okay to try something, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay. I've told many many people to come to our group, check it out, and if you're interested, yeah. jump in. And if it's not for you, it's okay. I can take it, right? right? And I think as any group knows, trying to get loyal volunteers is a challenge. Right. Keeping them is also a challenge. And things change, right? Different jobs. People get a different job. Maybe my job was conducive to me participating, and now it's not, right? Because typically organizations meet on a somewhat regular basis. We're typically the fourth Wednesday of the month. But if you work late on Wednesdays, maybe you can't come to our meeting. So we'll figure out a different way to plug you in. But we... Sure. We don't expect everybody to do everything, right? We right. look for people who say, hey, we, we're going to have an event in November. This is the date. This is the time. This is what it would involve. 
are you interested? Right. And you don't have to come and do anything else ever, but we appreciate the help that you gave us for that event, right? right? And you don't have to be a lifer. You don't have to join an organization and commit to like a 30-year program, right? right? Of course Come not. and try right. it. And, and you know what? Maybe you come to Joliet Pride and, and maybe you think, hey, you know what? I'm thinking about moving to Naperville. Do they have a group? And we'll introduce you to the great people at that organization sure. and say, yeah, they're, I'm sure they're going to welcome your volunteerism too. We have a lot of people in Joliet Pride that don't live in Joliet. I don't care where you live, right? right. As long as you care about the organization. And I think the draw for a lot of people is having a friend in the group or having a contact in the group and right. saying, hey, I want to work with so-and-so. Right. And I hear that we did a, a youth queer prom back in April. I remember that. It was it was so cool. We had people driving from Iowa to bring their kids to this. Wow. And, and so I asked the two dads, I said, how'd you find out about this? And he said, I'm friends with somebody who's friends with somebody who's friends with you on Facebook. Oh, wow. And this person saw this post and told this person and this person told me. What a good feeling. And huh? so then they volunteered for the event because he said, what are we going to do? Sit in the car for three hours and wait? Wow. But, you know, I, when I look at events like that, we went, uh, one of our volunteer members and I went to the gay straight alliance of a local high school i won't mention which one because we mm -hmm. like to keep anonymity yeah but there were 17 18 young people in the room and i asked them how many people were open about their tr who they are truly are mm -hmm. at home and i think it was either two or three kids that raised their hand wow and out one, of how many again out of six, 16 17 18 not quite 20 i would say oh, wow. right okay so i asked for volunteers and yeah. i said you know can you elaborate and and one of them told me I'm a different name and a different pronoun at home wow. versus who I am at school. And so we talked about, you know, hosting this prom and, you know, how would you get ready? Yeah. And one of them said I would have to go to a friend's house because I couldn't put on a fancy dress or suit mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we talked about as a board, why does there have to be a dress code to come to a prom? Come as you are. Like that's what you're wearing that. is not the point. Sure. Right. Being there, having a good time is the point we had. 71 and I that's think. inclusion right yeah there. right that that is 71 inclusion. kids we had we had kids in shorts and t-shirts we had people in tuxes we had fancy dresses our theme was alice in wonderland never did i dream that kids would have dressed the theme but yeah. we just wanted to have some decorations but okay probably a third of the group came dressed you know as the queen of hearts or or, or, or alice it was that's just, amazing it was and to see it i have never been in an event before regardless of age there were three moments in that evening that I looked out and I said to some of our volunteers look at look at the tables and look at the dance floor there were three specific moments mm -hmm. that not one kid was sitting in a seat and they were all in the dance floor that never happens that's amazing right it, everyone felt included and respected and safe I mean it's it's that's evident based on what you just shared with us. And, and let me tell you, it's nothing to do with dancing, right? No. Like we all know as right. adults, some of us can't dance, right? <laughs> I looked on that floor. Those kids that aren't good dancers, yeah. they knew they're not good dancers, but they were having fun and they A didn't good care. Time. They didn't yes. care. Right. And again, I will go back to diversity, inclusion, equity, belonging, because... And I say that because a lot of organizations, non-for-profit and corporate America, that's been the forefront. And I believe, that's just my, my own personal and maybe even professional opinion, is that a lot of organizations uh, focus on a diversity piece, but they don't focus on the inclusion and the belonging. And to me, you need to have that. That's part of the formula. There's no questions, if or, uh, or buts. And that event, the, the prom that you're sharing with us, people felt included. People knew that they belonged, and they felt safe. To be a part of that and to make memories and that's just incredible and I, I hope and I'm sure that you and the rest of your team at Julia Pride are feeling extremely proud of the work that you did and the work that you continue to do that's just incredible Jeff um, I have to ask you you mentioned that you know volunteering takes passion right you have to have a passion uh, specific drive to volunteer and to stay engaged uh, and you also mentioned that sometimes it's a challenge to keep volunteers connected and engaged in the cause. Um, how, what, what is it that makes you unique, your group unique? How do you maintain your group engaged and connected? You know, I don't know. Okay. It's, we're new, right? We're, like yeah. I said, two and a half years old. My fear as the president is I, I look at a group of, of collectively nine board members who work each one of them very hard there is not a weak link in our group mm -hmm. and my fear as the leader is burnout 
And so part of the reason I'm selfishly pushing to get more and more and more and more and more people involved is I want to keep these great people and I and I want them to not have families who hate us because of all the time that their loved ones spend. <laughs> right. Um, and, and I've met so many of our board members, you know, better halves and kids, and and they're excited, right? They're excited for the work that, that they're doing. But it's true, right? I mean, it's easy to be excited about something when it's new, right? I think the test is when we're 10 years old, how excited are people? Yeah. Right? Do we have that same level of intensity? Do we have that same level of enthusiasm? And again, relationships, whether it's in an organization or if it's friendships or whatever, relationships can run their course, yeah, right? Maybe of course. there's there's perhaps a different set of needs that an organization has when it's in its infancy mm-hmm. versus when it's 10 to 15 years or 20 years old, right? You mm-hmm. need someone, and, and this group has this just so strongly, you need people who are good at setting up systems and setting up ways that we can succeed. And we're still learning. Like this was a, this will be our second pride fest together that we've done there was a a joliet pride that was thrown before we officially became an organization but Mm -hmm. we only had two members from that group back so we have two of our members who will have done this a third time but the rest of us like we have one under our belt that was our first prom that we did for example it was our first drag brunch that we did Mm -hmm. so we have a lot of firsts going on so even when it comes down to something that seems as mundane as creating a program for mm-hmm. something or creating flyers, like it's it's all new. There's nothing to draw from, right? Because yeah. we certainly don't want to copy what other groups are doing. Right. But having people that are patient saying, hey, you know, I'm probably not the best at this, but I'm the best that we have right now. Mm-hmm. And so my challenge to everyone else is we need to go find people who are better at what we're doing than we are. And there's no ego in that statement, right? There are plenty of people out there that can bring a lot more to the table than what I can. We just need to find them, right? Right. And when I first got involved, this was in 2019, the National Organization of Women, and we're so thankful to them, our Will County chapter, they were who had hosted the first Joliet Pride Fest. Okay. Right? And so they approached me, one of the members, and, and asked me if I would you know, support it and be a part of it. And... I'm thankfully at a point in my life where I have more money than I have time. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote them a $5,000 check and said, don't don't ask me for anything else. Yeah. I'm not going to volunteer. I'll come and enjoy the event, but I don't want to be on a committee. I, 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 it was such a, it was like a three or four month turnaround time. And I thought, you know what? This is going to be chaotic and I don't have time at that point in my life for chaos, but I could write a check, right? Yeah. And so um, they were so thankful. They were so appreciative. And, and the event was amazing. These, I think it was seven people that threw it all together and from the outside looking in it was just this a tremendous experience it was small as it should be because you, if you try to do too much early on i feel like you're setting yourself up for failure right but it was amazing and and, and in debriefing and in talking with some of the people involved it was stressful behind the scenes and so even though our first one was last year we were able to learn a lot from people who had been involved in the previous one at what not to do mm-hmm. right and so we tried to troubleshoot it. We started planning our first one and then COVID interrupted. So we mm-hmm. actually had two years to plan our first event, which I think COVID was such a terrible thing, but I think it really helped us having yeah. a successful event last year because we really got to talk about the why. Right. right? Not we're, we're doing it because, but we also talked about that Joliet Pride Network should be more than just throwing a festival because mm. that was the only thing we did the first sure. year. Sure. And so we, we said- It's and a bigger we did, purpose. Yeah we, had, yeah, we did some strategic planning and, and we talked about our youth drop-in center. We talked about hosting events for adults that don't involve alcohol. Okay, that's wonderful. Not everybody wants to drink. Not everybody needs to drink. Not everybody should drink, right? And there just need to be things to do to foster understanding and tolerance and acceptance. And again, it's like, I don't want anybody to think that, hey, if you're not gay, you can't come to Jeff's group. Like, I want, I just want people there who aren't mean people, right? Right. And Mutual respect. Yeah, and it's so easy, right? And, And, so many people are like, oh, how do you do this or how do you do that? I mean, I look at Pride Fest, it's just throwing a party, and I love to throw a party. Yeah. It's not – It. yeah, it stresses you out. We have so many entertainers lined up. We have so many food vendors lined up. But yeah. it's just a matter of scale, right? I'm not doing it on my own. I right. Have, you know, there's like right now at this point 40 or 50 people involved, and I think we'll have probably close to 100 the day of the event. Wow. So all these people want to make sure – that it goes smoothly. Of course. And I, and I think as a leader in this group, and, and I talk with our, board, with our board members about this, 
we have to prepare all of those who are going to serve with us and share our mission and share our expectations mm -hmm. and when the day gets here just have fun and right. we're going to have problems things are going to happen that we're like oh my gosh i wish it didn't happen yeah. or we didn't think about that who cares there's stuff that you can't plan for who cares yeah. right it's, yeah. it's as long as it doesn't rain because right. it's an outdoor <laughs> event september 17th um, October 1st is our rain date, but we won't need our rain date. But it's like anything else, right? When you have these relationships and these these elements of trust, we have <laughs> committees that have met that I've never been in the room with them. Okay. But we have subcommittee chairs in place yeah. who I trust, and I know they're doing a great job, and they'll send me pictures. And I feel like they don't – I feel like they think maybe I don't trust them. They're, they're sending me these update pictures. Hey, Jeff, we're really working. And I'm like, I had no doubt. And yeah. I'm looking at these pictures, and I'm thinking – I don't know how they're getting so much stuff done, but they wow. have fun. Yeah. Our decorating committee, I was expecting they would meet once a month, right? Starting back in February. And okay. I talked to the chair and she's like, they're meeting weekly at oh, her wow. house and her basement looks like pride just threw up down there. I love it. Right? We need to go over there. I know. We need. We could probably <laughs> crash. What What day is this? Today's Tuesday. We yeah, need to tomorrow. figure. Okay. Well, there then tomorrow. let me know because I will come right? and crash with you. <laughs> so now you have to promote this podcast on a Tuesday that's since right. we just said it's Tuesday. Right. <laughs> No, that's 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 wonderful, Jeff. And at the end of the day, you know, we talk about getting involved, the purpose, the passion, but it's also about having fun. Um, it's about what what's in it for me too, right? Because we do community outreach for the community to make a difference, diversity, inclusion, create a sense of belonging, but also what's in it for the individual. And I think it's important to emphasize fun. I've been a part of other boards uh, in the past uh, with different organizations. Um, you know, ATD, Association for Talent Development here in Chicago. I was with them for a number of years and I enjoyed my time. Um, and it got to a point uh, where it wasn't fun anymore. And, you know, I went to our president at the time and I mentioned to our president, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. This is becoming a task now. I'm not having fun. And the president immediately said, we have a problem called a meeting and you know we talked about it as a as a board group because you have to have fun you have to want to keep going to the meetings to the events supporting the events because if you're not then again at the end of the day folks volunteer work community outreach you're not getting paid for it it's you're giving up your own time you have to have that passion but you have to have fun um on that note jeff i have another question that i want to ask you I, i'd love your input on this do you think that non-for-profit organizations should consider compensating their volunteers um, whether it's financially or maybe not financial compensation like per, for example providing personal or professional development opportunities what are your thoughts on that i love that question and i've had a conversation hmm, in the last i'd say eight months with a youth outreach group and part of what they confess to me is what i see in in some groups there's not a lot of diversity in people who are involved. Mm -hmm. And going to talking about what I said some things earlier, you, you paint the picture, right? Statistically, this is not meant to be a conversation of stereotyping, right. right? But if you look statistically and say, okay, let's, for example, say we have a young, let's say young woman who would like to be involved and maybe she's 30, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe she's single and maybe she has three kids and maybe she works a full-time job and maybe she has to also work a part-time job. Right. Yeah. And she's a great mom and she helps with homework and mm -hmm. she, she doesn't really want to have the kids with sitters. She has some family members who can help from time to time. So now I want to ask this person to come and meet with my group on Wednesday nights from seven to ten. Mm -hmm. And I think about the barriers there. Right. How how am I going to get there? Who's going to watch my kids? My parents maybe have watched my kids all day. If I have to bring in a sitter. How much do I have to pay for a sitter to watch three kids for three hours? Are they going to get their homework done? Are they going to get a good dinner? And I'm, I'm having all these questions to know if I want to come and check out this group that I don't even know that I want to be a part of for three hours. And I think the easy answer, if that's me, if, if I'm the person that I just described, yeah. I think the easy answer is, yeah, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. And I can't blame that person because that would be my answers. Right. I mean, I'm, em I'm embarrassed to say that would be my answer. So when I look at the question that you ask about, you know, are there situations where we need to compensate? Here's where I, I will pick on our group, Joliet mm -hmm. Pride Network. We are primarily a board, well, completely a board of white people. Okay. Right now, we are very, very lucky. Our volunteer levels, we have a great amount of diversity at our volunteer level, mm -hmm. right? But... 
when I look at if we're on stage and we're trying to promote ourselves to another group or people to get involved, they they look up at the stage and like, okay, well, they, they don't look like me. Yeah. Like, what are they going to know about me or my experience? Mm-hmm. So I look at something like our Youth Drop-In Center. And again, a little bit more diversity there. But if, if I have a, a young person of color who comes into this group and maybe they come into a group one of the groups the night that maybe the kids are all white maybe mm-hmm. the, the the volunteers are are both white I, I wonder what does that young person think right and again it, it isn't that people of color and people not of color have completely different experiences but if i'm a young person who's struggling to understand if i have enough value to even deserve to live yeah i, I have to think that i'd want to have someone who looks like me that i could talk to so right to that end I absolutely think organizations like that, like us in those instances, if we feel that we need to reach out to a community where we can't get volunteers, mm-hmm. if paying them is the answer for a task, yeah. then that's why we raise funds, right? And again, I'm not about paying volunteers. I would never take a paycheck from Joliet Pride right. for my time. Right? I don't need it, right? right. Or if, if it was mandated, I would just give it back, right? Of course, yeah. But there are people that that's the barrier for them and if money is the barrier i absolutely think my organization and other organizations like mine need to figure out ways to eliminate that barrier if right. it's cost if it's saying hey we have a daycare option yep. you know, bring your kids we have a daycare option maybe you get a couple of volunteers that are trained i, I don't know that that's the sure. answer but but looking at the possible answers to solve the problem yeah. has to be done right for your organization to grow and not just for growth but to serve the community that you want to serve right Right. And again, there's there's nothing wrong with people of any one look. Right. right? There's nothing wrong with a bunch of white people wanting to do good. There's nothing wrong with a lot of Hispanic people wanting to. do Absolutely. But in my mind, we deliver a much better product if we are blended, if we're as diverse as the community that we want to serve. Absolutely. And again, it's it's in finding people who want to work together and and tapping your friends group and, and your professional groups. That's right. And again, sometimes Sometimes I have friends that I say, look, scroll down your Facebook page, and if your first 300 people look like you, mm-hmm. maybe you need to get outside of your comfort zone and make sure. some new friends, right? Absolutely. Remember when we're kids, we always tell our parents, you can't pick my friends. Well, <laughs> we're adults. We right. can now pick our friends. Yep. So and your family. Yeah. Well, I'm a goodness, believer in that. Honest to goodness. I'm a believer in that. I have eliminated more family members well that sounded a lot more violent than i needed it to be i haven't shot any of my family members thank you for clarifying that i have i have disconnected with family members who you know if i i've met plenty of ignorant people in the world and the fact that i have some kind of blood connection doesn't mean that we're going to be hanging out as have i i i am a firm believer that you can choose your friends like you said but you can also choose your family uh it's protecting that circle of influence we kind of touched on that a little while ago uh your circle of influence is going to be there to hold you support you your shoulder cry on push you along the way you got to protect that circle and just because they say you're blood or you have the same last name doesn't mean that you have to have them in that circle of influence. I'm a believer in that. Uh, Jeff, I admire your self-awareness also. Um, I think it's incredible that you are self-aware of the importance of blending communities, blending volunteers, uh, diversifying that pool of folks with th- that you impact and that you work with. Uh, not many people can do that. Um, I think self-awareness is a challenge for, for people. And... I also am a firm believer that self-awareness is key for us to succeed personally and professionally. You have to be self-aware of your abilities um, and in areas in which you can improve upon. So I, I very much uh, admire that. Um, I also have to say that I do think it's important for organizations, non-for-profit, to focus on compensating somehow, some way. And it doesn't always have to be financial. I align with that as well, right? It could be a professional development opportunity. Um, one of the organizations I mentioned it earlier, Association for Talent Development in Chicago, um, you know, we, we last year I had the honor and the privilege to to lead an initiative to develop and design a mentorship program, and that mentorship program created opportunity for volunteers to be a part of it, um, and for some professional development, it created opportunity for volunteers and members to get mentored by some of the best professionals in the field for free and wow. so you know wow talk about with them right talk about with them folks that want to 
develop professionally in the field of talent development, they had that chance. And so it was truly an honor and a privilege to, to lead that effort and then that initiative. And so I think organizations should challenge themselves a little bit more, non-for-profits, I should clarify, uh, to think about how do we give back or invest into our volunteers? How do we invest in their professional development? Because the more you invest in, their, in the uh, professional development of your volunteers, the more of an impact they'll make in the communities, the more of an impact they can make in driving uh, resources for the organization as well. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And, and one of the challenges, right, for any not-for-profit, it, it is the amount of resources that are available, not just money. Yeah. Right? Because right. you think about if, if I'm going to go to three fundraisers this week or if I'm only going to go to one, I probably have the same amount of money to spend, right? So mm -hmm. if I've got 100 bucks. If I go to three, they're all going to get just a little piece of it, right? But the right. same thing with volunteers, right? There, there are only so many people that can be reached, and only so many things each person's willing to do. So, you know, there are so many ways that we can make people better, right? It's right. not just about making our organization better or the people that we serve, but, but I, I look at our board members, I look at our volunteers, and I'm constantly playing career matchmaker because. I'm just in a position that I know a lot of people who own businesses and a lot of people who are in positions either at management or HR. Yeah. So when uh, one of our performers for, for Pride Fest had just mentioned to me last night you know, that he was looking to make a career change and he told me what he did and I said, hey, I know two people who own companies in that industry. Like, do you want me to give you their information or buy tell me what you want, right? Yeah. And he's like, I just signed up to be a performer in your show. I didn't think you were going to be giving me career help. And I'm like, look, That's I, amazing. I, I know you because we've, we've worked on a couple of events together. I don't know the, the person's work ethic, right? right? But I know he's a nice person. I know he showed up on time. I know he didn't cancel. And even though those seem like simple things, if, if you've ever worked with a volunteer group, when people are getting paid very little, because we try to pay our performers as generously as we can, yeah. but we're new. When something better comes along, a lot of people are like, hey, Jeff, sorry, I can't make it. You know, something else happened. And we're just so fortunate that we haven't had that happen. And we and, and again, we try to express what it means to us. We try to go out and support people in what they do outside of their contribution to us to increase that visibility, to tell people what how great it is to work with them. And it's more about us getting what we want, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're all in this together. So when I meet somebody and get to know them a little bit, and, and if I can figure out another way to help them, I mean, obviously they've helped me. If they've participated in this organization, they've helped me, they've helped Joliet Pride. Right. But again, we, we all have needs, right? And, right. And, it, and if you need a different career or if you know things are going on in your life or, or there's an illness, right. right? It's like, hey, I've got several clients who, who specialize in this form of medicine. Like, give me three or four of your questions and I'll get you answers and you don't have to pay for them. And there you again, go. that's it, right? Yeah. You can only tap person for so much information of course. And you've got to go to the doctor and pay yeah. for it but it's people do care right and people right. you know i know when when i've had family tragedies and, and family members that are sick you know I, I reach out to a couple clients this client this person and say hey what are the questions i should ask and they help right. and not because they have to right and you know some of them you know i probably text them in the middle of the night and they get the message the next morning but when you look at what you can do to help people from the level as you mentioned of professional development there are so many things out there we just all have to remember, and sometimes it's hard, and mm -hmm. I admit that, we have to remember that it's not just about us. Right. Right? When I when I meet someone who's kind enough to volunteer or not even volunteer, come as a paid performer to an event that we're having, I have to remember that I need to be engaged with that person prior to the next time I'm going to ask them to do something, or they're gonna figure out pretty quickly that I'm just in it for me. Yeah. And that doesn't that doesn't do them any good, that doesn't do me any good, but it pushes us right. to remember that there's more to life than just us. Absolutely. And that's hard, right? I mean it, yeah. When the rents due, when the mortgage is due, Human when nature, the car payments yeah. due, we gotta we gotta think about us, we gotta come up with sure. the money, but our worlds can be our worlds can be about so much more than that if we I, let them. I agree. I agree. But the beauty of it, of, of networking and getting involved with the community too, Jeff, I see it as you're also building an extension to your family because these folks that you interact with, you volunteer with, uh, that you lead become part of your family. Um, and it goes back to what we said earlier is you get to choose your family and, you know, that's, a, that's an example of that. So, I'm terrible with names and I can remember back Let's see, three, three of the Joliet Pride people I knew that are on our board, I knew before we served on the board together, but five others I didn't. And I can remember meeting each of them 
and trying to remember their name and how awkward that is and and finally one Susie I'll mention her name because it took me the longest to remember her name and and now I look back you know two and a half years later and and these eight other folks are some of my closest people in my life if Mm -hmm. I'm on the phone with somebody at midnight it's one of three people from our group because we're, we're working on a project yeah they have little kids and at midnight, those little kids are they're they're asleep, yep. and this is their quiet time. And I'm a night person, so when okay. I look at that, and you think about how quickly you can become involved with someone's life, and like I said, I've gotten to know their spouses and, and a lot of their kids, and they realize what special people they mm-hmm. are, right? And 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 what they bring to the table for us, and and we're just so fortunate. And I don't lose sight of that, right? When yeah. I get the, to work with somebody else. I get that we're lucky to have them for the amount of time that we do because they're taking time away from someone else to be with us. Absolutely. And I get that. Yeah. No, I, I admire that so much, Jeff. Uh, and thank you for for putting that out for, for everyone else. Um, you mentioned you have Pride Fest coming up. Do you want to mention anything? Can people still, uh, how can they get information to go to Pride Fest? How can we support? Let's talk about that really quickly. All right. So let's think about this. So. Our biggest presence is on Facebook and Instagram, so okay. you can go to Joliet Pride Network. Okay. And we try to get as many of our board members sharing as much as we can just so we can reach people. But our Pride Fest event starts at noon. It's at Bicentennial Park, which is Joliet, Illinois. You take Jefferson Street as if you're going to downtown Joliet, and if you cross the bridge and go into the water, you've gone too far. Just before on the other side of the canal from Harris Casino. So we start at noon. We have two stages going on all day. We have the main stage, which has some rock bands, uh, some other singers, a magician. We have the pavilion stage, which has a little bit more low key performance, more coffee house singers. We have Drag Queen Story Hour. Uh, we have Drag Queen Bingo. And then uh, the, the, the event during the day is completely family friendly. We have you know babies, one year olds, all the way up to 99 year olds, probably. Wonderful. Um, we will be ending the afternoon with a family-friendly drag show and our headliner, Steve Grand. If you haven't heard of Steve, uh, check him out on Instagram. He's an amazing talent, country singer. And so at 7.30, the daytime festivities will end and Pride Fest After Dark. All right. Begins at 8 o'clock, <laughs> which we will crown our second annual Miss Joliet Pride Fest. Yeah. Last year's winner, Jordan K. LaRue from Morris, Illinois, has served as an ambassador for Joliet Pride Network so well. So that show starts at 8 o'clock. It goes until 11 o'clock. That is a ticketed event, uh, 18 and over only. Uh, Tickets are $20 for general admission or $40 for VIP seats, which get you seats closer to the stage. It also gets you um, uh, $2 off all of your drinks and a souvenir drink cup, which is pretty cool i just saw the final mock-up of it today so wonderful it's a great event um last year was our first year to do the after dark and we were hoping to get 40 people there and i think we had like 275 so uh those tickets are available on eventbrite if you go on facebook go to joliet pride network on facebook you'll see the the link on eventbrite and if you are a hardcore steve grand fan there is uh seating and standing room only right by the stage that's also available for sale and a meet and greet with steve that's available on those Eventbrite links again free concert if you don't mind sitting on the lawn seats but if you want to be up close and personal and when you see him up close you're going to want (laughs) to get up close and personal just kidding he's a handsome 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 man but also a great singer um, we would just love to have you there. Our rain date, I hate to say it out loud, is We're gonna October knock on 1st. For that. Um, but September 17th is the day. Come and join us. If it's even for a couple of hours, bring the kids. If you don't have kids, bring yourself yeah. and have a great time with us. And bring a neighbor. Absolutely. Or a friend. Absolutely. Uh, you, you, folks, you heard it. You are in for an awesome time. Jeff, Ray and I, my husband and I, have our tickets already for the Pride at Night. So we're really excited. And I mean, we'll be there all day. So I'm. this is our first time coming. Um, so I'm excited, looking forward to it. Uh, Jeff, one last question for you. If folks want to get in contact with you, get involved with Julia Pride, or just maybe want some advice on community outreach, how to get involved with their communities, how can they get in touch with you? I never make my contact information secret. Probably what I do for a living. <laughs> I, I own a real estate company. So feel free. Text is the best way to reach me. Okay. 815 954 
7314. I'm also on Facebook, less so Instagram because I'm old. Um, but a message on Facebook, a private message on Facebook, a voicemail sometimes can slip through the cracks and I don't mean for it to, but even if it's a text, you know, just tell me who you are and how you might like to get involved or if you have questions, 815-954-7314. We'd love to talk with you. Perfect. There you have it, folks. Jeff, it has truly been a pleasure uh, spending my evening with you, talking about community outreach, learning more about Julia Pride Network, um, and just your passion is so contagious. And um, I'm, I'm very much grateful for you being here, but also your friendship. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And and to all of our listeners, thank you so much for your support, your ongoing support, I should say, um, for you listening into this podcast. It's been a, a long two-year journey. Um, the journey continues. The work continues. My goal is to inspire you to live authentically, to live freely, to share your stories so that you can help inspire uh, other people around you. I welcome your feedback and your rating on whatever platform you listen to for on Evolving with Ben. And as always, send in your stories of inspiration to evolvingwithben at outlook.com. And I will see you in the next episode. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a good night, Jeff.